Alan Watt back with Cutting Through the Matrix. And sure, the future is murder. It's already going on. If people haven't noticed, the murder goes on all the time. In many different ways, it's all how you perceive something. Whether it's legitimized, legal, or whatever, or a war, it's all murder. Killing is killing, and you can't get away around that, no matter how much your ego tries to do it. Some people pretend very well, but they do it with tremendous anger. That tells you they don't really believe it themselves. Because murder is murder, and as we become dehumanized and taught, on the one hand, that we're very special, very special and spiritual beings, uh, on the other hand, we also believe this double thing, we're just another form of uh, animal. And you'll hear that, that these expressions being used by the same people, uh, we're spiritual, but we're animals. And uh, this gives us a schizophrenia there already when it comes to that, you see. And they can't really see it themselves. But who's looking for sanity in today's conditioned, scientifically controlled world? Now we've got a caller on the line. It's Joel from Florida. Are you there, Joel? Yes, Alan. Good evening to you. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. And how's yourself up there in the Great White North? Well, I'm okay when I'm in the house. Otherwise, I'm up to three feet of snow up to my, past my knees. <laughs> uh, I had a question for you. Uh, concerning the the Masons, uh, is it true that you cannot be a member of the Masons if you're missing a finger, a toe, part of a finger, anything like that? They want you to be the perfected man? Um, it used to be, but there's a two meanings to that. And um, uh, what, what the real meaning is, what the real meaning is, because even the lower Masons don't think, they can't figure anything out because they don't know anything. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, It was yet to be a whole in body, you see. And what it it meant uh, was you you had to have your family jewels working, the two two testes, you see. Uh, That was a big part of it. And, of course, the penis again, too. And and Jews at one point were banned from masonry uh, because they were circumcised, so, so part was already missing. That was one part of it. But technically, what they really referred to were were your reproductive powers. That's really what it was meant to be about. And um, in the lower orders, they they took everything at face value. And as you say, if your finger was missing or you had impediment of speech, um, then you couldn't get in or something like that that was obvious. Uh, But it was really to do with uh, reproductive powers because, you see, as you got the degrees, and then if... Only if you're asked in to the higher orders, above, above the top ones that you know of, um, and you've been well vetted, you will be introduced. If you're a third-generation Mason, uh, you'll be, uh, that means you've, that's three sets of Masons who've been introduced to their wives. You will be introduced to a wife who's uh, the daughter of a third-generation Mason. It's a genetic thing. They really believe in superior intellect and, and good breeding at the top. It's all throughout their writings. And, and it's even in the, the real Rosicrucian manifesto, not the fake one in California. And uh, uh, so, so they, 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 it's, all through, it's all to do with uh, breeding the right offspring, uh, superior offspring, the eugenics thing. And you are introduced to, you, to your wife through a suggestion by the Grand Master who will, who will ask you to dinner. And he'll say, this is uh, so-and-so. And if you get the hint and you, you take the wink and the nod and... Um, then you'll, you'll understand that's going to be your wife. 
Right, in the click. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can I add another question? Could you give me the breakdown of Synagogue, and then I'm going to hang up and let you finish that. And it's been a pleasure talking with you. Yeah. Synagogue's an odd word because it's really from the Greek. Uh, and we have this crazy history of religion where people follow the religions and don't even understand what they're following. Um, but synagogue really meant a sort of gathering or a gathering place uh, in the Greek. But you're right with the sin part, and agog uh, also meant sloping or sloping off the head. And uh, it used to be a, a joke uh, 200 years ago uh, amongst uh, some of the British Empire people when they saw the Ethiopian Jews because they did have sloping heads and they referred to it as a synagogue but but it's a Greek word that kind of meant gathering place uh, as opposed to uh, the temple itself um, and it's, it's something that came out that whole issue of the synagogue as opposed to a temple came out from Babylon supposedly from a captivity uh, where it was invented uh, because the Levi's uh, the system broke down and this new sect arose to take uh, his place of the Pharisees that were just a small sect itself and they borrowed the Babylonian Talmud as a foundation for the religion and then the, 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 the Talmud is always ongoing it's a record of, of uh, famous rabbi sayings and um, there's a Hebrew version and a Babylonian one they're still used in, in courts of law there, there are Jewish courts of law um, uh, they're still used uh, they can coexist parallel with every other uh, um, court of law and uh, when there's a, a decision to be made uh, and the, the conflict between the Jewish version and the Babylonian version the Babylonian one takes precedence and that's a fact but yeah I mean it's so crazy because the as far as you can really tell if by history itself and not by religion Religion remembers the condition of people and control of people. Um, history is, sure enough, it's his story too. And there's a lot of stories out there, but at least we can get some uh, more verification of the past sometimes through reading lots of different histories and people's histories. And there was no, there was no um, Jewish um, uh, Bible, so to speak, um, uh, until really. Uh, uh, to the 200 BC, uh, or, or, and even then it was written in Greek for a Hebrew-speaking people, and the claim was it was written while the, the, they were still in Babylon as captives by 72. It's always 72 because there's 72 names of God. It's all allegories. Everything I'm saying is allegory, in fact. But 72 uh, priests who lived in Egypt uh, who wrote the thing in Greek for them. Uh, so there you go. So even in the time of Jesus. They claim that he read out when he was in the temple. Uh, he read out of the Greek version, which meant he must have had a, an education in Greek as well. That, that's what we're supposed to believe. But um, religions are meant to control, and there are deep forces behind religions, all religions that the public never understand, but those at the top certainly do understand. There's an exoteric and an esoteric in all religions. So maybe that uh, helps to answer the question to an extent. It's hard to say, because there's so much. I don't like giving small, quick, flippant answers. And we'll find in today's society, you can't give justice to what seems to be a, 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 a simple question, because often the callers don't realize the, the profundity of the question they're, ask, they're asking. And to give it justice, you have to give a whole history lesson. 
to bring it all out in, into clarity. Now we've got um, Harley from Michigan on the line. Are you there, Harley? Yeah, good evening, Alan. How are you? Yes, go ahead, please. Oh, yeah. I, what I wanted to talk about, just kind of go back to what you were talking about early on. And uh, I was doing some studying. I've been doing a lot of studying, actually. And uh, I've been looking at some, some of the things if uh, we look at the uh, transgender society. And the one thing you keep hearing, I keep hearing and noticing, is that they said, I, well, I was born like this. I was born to be a woman. And I've I've done some research where I found out that Procter & Gamble was actually putting estrogen in the baby formula. And I was wondering if you could back that up and then if it, that has any validity to what what I'm thinking, that when people actually say, what well, I was born that way, this way, is did it, does it have some truth to it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's true that Procter & Gamble did come out um, and, and admit that eventually, something that people had known for years, an independent analysis of, of uh, uh, <laughs> this is the whole thing. Back in the, the, the 50s, really, there was a massive push, again, aimed at vanity with a lot of lies involved, right. to get women to get off of breastfeeding. Right. And they came up with the baby bottles. And uh, the baby bottles were made sometimes of, of glass, but the poorer folk got the, the plastic type, well, and right, right. that contains bisphenol. Now, bisphenol was known as far back as the 1930 as to be an artificial or a synthetic form of estrogen. <laughs> and, and so the, the sort of the plastic, which they were too, plus you're putting a hot fluid in there and letting it cool, uh, the milk, um, it, it actually gives off um, lots of these molecules into that mixture, and the baby takes it in. Mm-hmm. And that ties in with the same time period when they were talking about ways of altering the, the chemistry of male and female, hopefully by introducing um, uh, various forms of, of uh, hormone, hormones which would uh, uh, emasculate the male. And the, the side effect of this particular synthetic form uh, would actually make the, uh, many females more masculine. Mm. So I guess... In that retrospect, you are what you what you really eat, there. <laughs> so yes, and, and Potter and Gamble did admit a few years ago that they did uh, use the same sort of chemical, mm-hmm. a particular chemical that was also a perfect synthetic estrogen okay. to supposedly uh, sterilize the cans they put in the baby food that the baby food would enter. Mm-hmm. What a coincidence, eh? Oh yeah, what what a big coincidence! Because it's it's funny to me because. You know, in other countries, a lot of countries still breastfeed their, they still breastfeed their children up to three and four years old. Yeah. You know, and, but here, you, you, you would talk to women, and you would talk to women like my mother's age, who was in her late 50s, and they would tell you, oh, wait, we breastfeed for you guys, for, you know, time you were, came out of the womb until you're about a year and a half, sometimes two years old. Yeah. I'm 35, and now you got women today who won't even try to breastfeed their children, but they go for that plastic bottle and that formula real fast, real quick, because they're off to work trying to chase that uh, that Confederate, you know, that 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 kind dollar, you know. So yes, so. yeah, and that was that was the point of it too. Uh, so once again, they hit the vanity. They said, "Oh, your your breasts won't fall like like most women do, and so and so on. It's much healthier." You had all the scientists that are paid money to lie. I mean, that's common. It's always been that way. Wow, and um, 
and then the children were affected. And plus, the children, the babies, need the mother's milk to give them the autoimmune system. It stimulates right. it because their own isn't working. Right. So it, it fulfilled other functions when you tie in the fact that at the top they were having meetings and published meetings on, on ways to destroy the immune system at the same time. And lo and behold, these things all come out along this direction. And we're supposed to think it's just bumbling and mistakes and coincidences. This is how we're always taught to see this, this kind right. of thing. And one other question, too. You, I, I know you. this was a bill introduced here in Michigan. I heard you talk about this uh, when you were with, uh, I can't think, Jackie Petrum. There was a bill stating that they wanted to, young women to take uh, a shot for severed cancer. Uh, yep. And they tried to have that bill pass. Unfortunately, it didn't pass. Yep. You, you know, they had a big write-up in the paper here in the local metropolitan Detroit area about it. Now, I, I think I sent you an email. I sent a, quite a few people an email of this, is that the same company, uh, Merck, I think it's Merck, yeah, it's was Merck, trying yeah. to d develop a drug for boys <laughs> so they could right. catch them for venereal disease. And and yes, for, wanted, for warts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I wanted to know... Again, this is another way of depopul uh, to to, to uh, depopulize our our, our society. Uh, going back to uh, Thomas yep. uh, Malthus on this, and would I be correct about that? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. There's no doubt whatsoever. We're we've been so heavily bioengineered for over 50 years now. It's just uh, incredible how much we've, we've been uh, taken over and and fed all of this stuff. Uh, especially when guys like like Charles Galton Darwin, in his book, he's speaking on behalf of the aristocracy of Europe. Uh, in his book, The Next Million Years, he said, he goes through all this, finding ways to, to alter the genetic structures, mainly the hormonal levels of male and female, and maybe even make them infertile. Yeah. And, and also how he, he bewailed the, the fact we couldn't have another black plague to wipe out the population. There was too many commoners getting born. And so the immune system was on his mind, how to take down the immune system. Well, they introduced tonsillectomy right. and, and adenoids. That became regular in most European countries. When you hit five years of age, you went in, poof, they were taken out. Well, that's part of your immune system gone right there. Right, right. You know, and it's just amazing to see how it all fits together. Right, because when you say, and then I'm going to let you go here, when... when, when um, you're talking about the immune system. Now you're going, you can fast forward to the 70s, and then they're talking about AIDS and how they introduced it to the, you know, gay community through uh, hepatitis. Yeah. And now how, all of a sudden, how, why is it that African American or African descent has a higher population of AIDS? Get that? I know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll all right, Alan, have, have a good night. Stay warm up there in uh, northern Canada. I will do. Talk to you later. Back right. after these messages. He's five foot two and he's six feet four. He fights with missiles and with spears. He's all of 31 and he's only 17. He's been a soldier for a thousand years. He's a Catholic, a Hindu, an atheist, a Jain, a Buddhist and a Baptist and a Jew. And he knows he shouldn't kill And he knows he always will Kill you for me, my friend, and me for you And he's fighting for Canada 
He's fighting for France. He's fighting for the USA. And he's fighting for the Russians. And he's fighting for Japan. And he thinks we'll put an end to war this way. And he's fighting for democracy. He's fighting for the Reds. He says it's for the peace of all. He's the one who must decide who's to live and who's to die, and he never sees the writing on the wall. But without him, how would Hitler have condemned him at Lobau? Without him, Caesar would have stood alone. He's the one who gives his body as a weapon of the war, and without him, all this killing can't go on. He's the universal soldier, and he really is to blame. His orders come from far away no more. They come from here and there, and you and me, and brothers. Can't you see? This is not the way we put the end to war. It certainly isn't. It's not the way we put an end to war. We've got another way to do it. We'll simply not be individuals anymore and there'd be no conflict between genders between generations or anything else to end the cessation of all conflict and they'll have their utopia at the top as they ski across the planet and, and have their big holiday resorts for the wealthy and the elite and just to, before I go on to the caller there's a, a Yahoo News blurb put up there that was on Friday December the 7th by Claire Sabuni and it says Canadian retail chain pulls plastic water bottles. See, there was another con. They made it popular to take... And all the yuppies grab plastic water, but they can't be seen outside without their plastic water bottle. Like, like the, that's, their, that's their dummy tits. They suck on these things. And it says here, Toronto from Routers, Canada's largest outdoor goods chain has pulled water bottles and food containers made of polycarbonate plastic from its shelves over worries about the chemical bisphenol A which has been linked, been linked, they know it, uh, to cancer and reproductive problems in animals. It, it doesn't say humans. They know it darn well here, too, in the 30s. Vancouver-based Mountain Equipment Co-op became the first major re Canadian retailer to stop selling products that can contain bisphenol A over fears the chemical can leach from plastic food and water containers. And it goes on and on and on about it there. And you can also get a good... Uh, sense of the chemical process they use, including the use of toluene, highly carcinogenic, used also by the, the warfare industry for spraying from the skies. It carries, it goes right through your skin and carries chemicals through your skin by uh, toluene. Uh, and it's all on the Wikipedia site. If you want to look up uh, bisphenol A in Wikipedia and read up this, this uh, thing I just read by Claire Sabonet uh, from the uh, Yahoo News. Friday, December 7th at 5.20 p.m. And we have a caller on the line. It's Andrea from Denton, I believe, Texas. Is that right, Andrea? Yeah, that's right. Like I did post that? off your book. I did post it off. I remember you. <laughs> okay. Um, the last caller was talking about um, the, you, um, how the changes in the male and female, how that's happened, and... I've been particularly interested in the females, and I'm 23, and I always wonder, why don't I have any hips? And I started looking around and listening to what you were saying and how that relates to the plastics and, and the um, Darwin book, and it's just 
crazy mm-hmm. when you start looking at the younger ladies and even the men you see the sloping shoulders like the guys around my age and stuff and it's and you look at an older person and you see pictures of women from the 40s and it's the parents that's right that's right <laughs> that's right you see and, Young men now they're losing shoulders. They're getting narrower and narrower. And they noticed in the hospitals back in the 70s, and in um, obstetrics uh, and delivery rooms that that had to do more cesareans because the women uh, were losing their their pelvic structure, the width of their pelvic structure, and uh, that they were becoming narrower and narrower too. Now you don't get you don't get something happening in a few years in this supposedly million, million-year-old world of ours uh, in a matter of, of uh, 20, 30 years. Something happens to make that happen, and it's done by science. It, ha- it has to be, and, and, and you talk about the plastics, and I think about plastics, me growing up, it's like plastic mm-hmm. bottles everywhere, and you see everybody with plastic bottles, and I, it's just... You can't deny yes. it, but yeah. And another thing going on around here, they have like the goon squad at these abandoned houses right next to me. I live um, very close to campus, like running drills all week, all day, just there in their black shirts and their cargo pants and crap. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I know. But yeah, those are my comments. So I, I think people are starting to see, so I'm trying to do what I can here. Yes. Uh huh. Well, we're, we're right into this. It's been happening, and it's almost like you're seeing the casualties around you uh, before it's been admitted by the top. Although, technically, they always tell us what they want to do long before it. And when big players tell us what they want to do, and you see it happening, believe you me, war was declared upon the public a long time ago. I said that same thing when they were out there a few weeks ago, and my friend was there. I was like, this is war on the people, because... There were some immigrants from India. They lived downstairs, and one lady was completely terrified. She did not yeah. know what was going on, and I had to calm her down, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I got a, a fellow from England just emailed me, and he had just moved into an apartment, and there's the goon squad at his door with the black uniforms. It's the same all over the Western world now. It's all one big army, and they're battering at his door and shouting, We know you're in there. It turns out these goons, heavily armed goons, here they are at his door because the previous tenant hadn't paid a parking ticket. Wow. That's how bad it's getting. You know, and, like, I'm not even old. I, I like, remember a time when I halfway paid attention in class and we had some semblance of, of, you know, like you were saying, you know, just the illusion of laws and stuff, and you see that just blown away and nobody does anything. They, they don't. They don't. They're so pacified now because they've also been chemically tranquilized. And, and not only that, they're chemically tranquilized. And on top of that, they've had such an, a scientific, and it's very true, a scientific indoctrination not to be involved uh, in participating in the direction of life itself, their own lives and others. Um, that's what the elite were geared for for a long time. That's what Huxley was referring to by a scientific uh, indoctrination. Uh, they would be taught that they had a better class, literally a better class or, or caste of people above them that were somehow more suited to dealing with all the major problems and therefore they'd be kept in an infantile stage and taught to play. And, and, and that's the state that they're in. 
uh, and they also, like Brzezinski said, have been trained that, that the media is there to do not just their thinking, but their reasoning for them. They really believe that's his job. Yeah, I, um, I uh, see it. I see it because, you know, I always watch television uh, coverage because I remember being a kid watching the first Gulf War and, you know, people saying, you should join the ROTC. And I was like, well, you know, the U.S. averages war like every 20 years. Yes. <laughs> and, they, and they would never say anything. Sure enough, by the time I was graduating, you know, all that stuff happened. Yes, it happened. Coming on, and I'll let you go. Well, thanks for calling in. I'll be back after these messages. demand. This is We the People Radio Network. Very intense, very thick, very multifaceted matrix to make sure that we get at the truth. And eventually, when you take away all of the covers of deception, it stares you right in the face. Then it's up to you if you can handle it. A lot of people can't do it. But I'd like to continue just reading a little bit more of this Yahoo News article by Claire Siboney on Friday, December the 7th, on the fact that they're pulling some of these polycarbonate bottles from the shelves in Canada. And the Mountain Equipment Co-op was the first one in Canada, first major retailer to pull them. And it says underneath this, inconclusive science, that's a joke, and regulatory uncertainty presently surrounds bisphenol A, the company said in a statement. Now, look up the Wikipedia articles on the same thing on bisphenol A, and you'll see that they knew in the 1930s what it did to humans. So it says, for these reasons, MEC has stopped selling polycarbon water bottles and food containers until guidance is provided by the Government of Canada. That's after their payoffs. You see what the answer will be. On the health risk posed by BPA, the Canadian cooperative joins U.S.-based Patagonia in dropping the products because of health concerns. The chemical which can mimic the effects of the hormone estrogen in cells has been surrounded by controversy. Some North American researchers and environmentalists have shown it can cause several types of cancer as well as developmental, neural, that's your nervous system, behavioral and reproductive harm in animals. Industry says the products are not dangerous, of course it is because they're selling it citing studies from government agencies such as the U.S. Food and Drug Administration that's also made up, of course, of the guys who used to be on the boards of these same agencies and companies, that food and beverage containers manufactured from polycarbonate do not possess or pose a health risk to humans. Then they go on to try and water it down. This is incredibly deliberate. As I said, they knew this back in the 1930s. 
and they put out many books by the big boys themselves talking about ways to do this very thing and how to get the public to go along with it. And they talked about even putting it in the water supply at one point. So they decided to end up putting it in your food supply and, and the baby's bottles, great source of it, start them off young, and, and then uh, make it a, a fad to make them all want to have uh, uh, pure crystal water from deep wells and plastic bottles that they'll pay money for. Uh, and that's how we are in a society. If we pay money, good money for it, it must be better than normal. Uh, that's how we've been brainwashed. Quite fascinating to see how it's been introduced and we're seeing the effects of only that part of it today. Now we've got Ken in North Carolina there. Are you there, Ken? Yeah, I'm here, Alan. How are you doing? Not so bad. Go ahead. Uh, I just, uh, I, I don't know if it's me, but uh, every time I turn on the TV now, I just have to start laughing at these guys uh, because I just see right through them now. Yes. And uh, I'm looking at John Curry, Old Skull and Bones, uh, Pirate Blood himself. And yep. uh, he, he's at the Center for American Progress Action Fund. How do you like that mouthful? Yeah, we should ask him to define progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's talking about the Bali Agreement, which I see that is I see bail. <laughs> it's a little Bali who? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's the U.S. Uh, climate change policy. Yeah. You know, and and he's been he keeps mentioning the word science over and over and over. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I mean it's just so damn obvious once you get to looking at these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is their big culmination of bringing everything together into the one direction now. And as they said, as Huxley said, and others said that they would raise science to the status of a priesthood, a holy priesthood, and and condition the public that whenever an expert talked and, and a scientist spoke, it was it was the gospel truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they built their whole thing on a, on a weak cornerstone. I think their foundation's weak because they they built it on bad stuff. I really do. Well, their their whole nature is weak because the, these characters are psychopathic to begin with. And uh, in ancient times and tribes, uh, they used to get these characters who could never live with the rest of the people. Uh, they, they'd always steal and have more for themselves. And they'd, they'd break into the common granaries, used to have common granaries in the tribes, and, and it was rationed out all throughout the winter to keep everyone alive. And these guys would break in, and they used to throw them in peat bogs and kill them. That was it, you see. And that way they didn't pass on their, their psychopathic genes until someone got very, very soft-hearted one day and let them go. And, and this is the problem. The psychopaths now run society the world over. And they became the big feudal families that used to fight other feudal families for more power, land, and the ownership of, of slaves or serfs, as they like to call them, in a more genteel world. And um, they, they, now, of course, they've just simply made their big uh, gangs. Biggest, high associations of secrecy are nothing more than gangs. And we're right. seeing the, the world's top gang. And I hate to say it, but this, this shatters the illusions of our indoctrination. These guys gave us the borders in all, all countries, you know. Mm-hmm. They gave us the borders, and if you go if you go down to the border between Canada and the U.S., get off the road and walk along the borders, and it's marked every every hundred yards or so with a Masonic obelisk because it was Masonic agreement between one Masonic gang and the other Masonic gang south of the border. That's what yeah, that's yeah. how they that's how they made right across coast to coast. 
and and they sound so sincere when they're talking. They they're very sincere, and they they convince the whole audience that they 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 it's just all for the good of you. Of course it is. And when they gave us countries that said the same thing, we're defending you from those guys over there who might attack you, but you have to pay money for it through taxation. And, and we believed that. Now that they, they see they've got to have one global gang, uh, and uh, and now they're taking the borders down because they're, they're no longer, uh, they're more impediments now than, than anything, so they're taking the borders down, and they're going to chip all the animals, all of us, so they can keep track of us all. I mean, what a wonderful system, this, this civilization, this progress that they give us, isn't it? Well, we're going to be the opposing force, right, because they won't have a force to oppose them anymore, so they'll have to turn on us, right? But there's no option. Uh, there's no option. Even Lenin said it. Uh, Lenin said with, with, the, with the dictatorship of, an, of a huge empire, which the Soviet Union was, he said, and, and with, without uh, people attacking uh, the borders anywhere, he said, we must find an enemy within and terrorize the, the people. Because only terror will keep them in a, a, a state of servile attitude to their leaders. And this is the same technique we're seeing. We saw in the French Revolution. We saw it in the Soviet Revolution. And they've adopted the same policy here because it always works on the public. They're too terrified to speak out, most of them, their sheep. And, and they, they, um, they go all the way to the wall eventually. Then they start crying because they can't believe it's really happening to them personally. And so uh, it's always up to the few uh, that are conscious and who, like me, I've got an allergy against tyranny. I've just got a natural Celtic allergy to tyranny. It's born into you. And, right, uh, right. I, I, I got Irish in me, and I, I think that must be what it is. Uh, there's something about it that just don't strike me right. It's that's right. I start thing. sneezing and coughing and sniffling whenever I see it. <laughs> and, and, and uh, yeah, I just have to react against it at, at all costs. And, uh, and, uh, and um, it's a survival mechanism that's working. That, that's what it really is. You have a survival mechanism that's working. You're, you're aware. You're sentient. And that's well, you, important. You know, actually, I, I think, uh, I really do believe this. I believe a part of my brain started working that wasn't working. I'm, I mean, I'm just being honest about it. You're right. The more you understand, the more eureka moments you have. And suddenly, you into overdrive, and with other ideas that suddenly come together. And, and your brain does connect. Uh, there's no doubt about it. They know that's at the top as well. That's why they try to compartmentalize your brain. And, and most of our indoctrination is, is going into our left part of the brain. We're ta taught not to use the right part. The media and entertainment does it all for us. That deals with imagination and so on. But they don't connect together. But once you start thinking, your right and your left start connecting together, and you're able to anticipate and see what's going on. And, uh, and that's called self-preservation, survival. It's the way we're supposed to be. Yeah, you know, and, you know, I, I think they have purposely, uh, you know, without a doubt, uh, been uh, turning that part of our brain off. They have. They have. You see, if you don't use an organ, you lose it. It's no different than, uh, you know, what? every year when you have to go out there and, and chainsaw wood, that chainsaw is going to kill your arm two or three days later because you haven't right. used those particular muscles uh, in, that, in that posture either for a while and, and uh, your arm isn't used to it same with your brain if you don't use it you lose it I hear the music coming up yeah hang on I'll be back after these messages okay
Hi there. Alan Watt with Cutting Through the Matrix. And we're still talking to Ken from North Carolina about this, uh, the fact that your brain, your brain can start working like you'd never believed before without the use of drugs, by the way. And it could more clearly than um, it ever worked before. And this has been shown even back in the 70s when the BBC did a documentary uh, from Sweden. Uh, they showed it, uh, they made it in Sweden when electromagnetic imaging was coming out, uh, at least to the public in its early days to the public. They'd had it years ago in higher elite circles. But they showed children that had been damaged, uh, had brain damage at birth, and how they were perfectly normal, and they wondered why they were quite normal. They fitted in, their IQs were fine, the personalities were okay, even though parts of their brain had been damaged, and they found out that the, the brain itself got new pathways and used other areas of the brain that didn't normally use to take over those particular functions. And when you have an intact brain, you can use all of it if, if you uh, know the ways to open it all up and getting yourself away from the illusions and the cons that are out there. Uh, your, your brain will take off and we are supposed to be the most superior creature on this planet and how do we become so because we're the most weakest really when you look at life in the wilderness and so on we're not covered with fur um, at least most of us some are but um, and and we're, we're, we're rather puny in so many ways uh, and yet we're, we're all here we're the most dominant species on the planet and it's because of the brain capacity. And it used to work, they said, in ancient times, much older times, much better than it does today. And there's no doubt about it because the IQ keeps dropping. The United Nations a few years ago dropped the standard IQ for the West and America. And the IQ doesn't drop by itself because you're born with, with, with the abilities, the neat abilities of IQ. And you develop them as you get older. So something happened to make it drop. That also ties in with the fact that, that um, uh, people who've had their brains tampered with uh, physically, too, or chemically, um, are going to be more easily managed. You need all of your brain for survival capabilities. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, Tim, it's Tim and Fatback. That's who's on the phone. You know my dog, Fatback. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen a picture of your dog in the book. I'm sorry to hear about that. It looked like she meant a lot to you. She was a good dog, yeah. She had her problems, too. She was an alpha dog. But, uh, but she, uh, she was good in so many ways. And uh, yeah. you, you do get attached to them. There's no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. I love my dog uh, probably better than I love myself. Uh, yeah. another, oh, another little tidbit, too. I, I seen on the news this afternoon that uh, Britain had once, from uh, people driving in a car with a cell phone, they'd give you a $120 fine. They went to two-year imprisonment. And I oh, yeah. throw the lassoes out, man. I bring it over here with the North American Union, you know. That's what's called a cell phone. Yeah. 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 Uh, you put from one cell right. to another. Yeah, only only worker way. bees get cells. You make a cell in the beehive, in the comb, you call it a cell. We're worker bees, and that's why they gave us cell phones. But yeah, they'll slam you in the, in the other type of cell, too, and profit off you. Because the only function we have is to make profit from. That's, that's our function. Right. You know, I looked up that word cellular, too, and the way I read it was that uh, L.A.R. on the end of it, law, mm -hmm. was really an ancient deity, and uh, it was also the illusion of the dead, basically. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's these it. words, when you start looking up those root words, yeah, I know. It, it's frightening. I know, and people haven't a clue what they're saying half the time. 
you got all these jokers out there talking about the Nephilim, the Nephilim, and making lots of money off books and so on. And Nephilim, really, if you take it into the Nordic language, Nephilim was the place of the dead. <laughs> That's what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Alan, I'll let somebody else get on. Good talking to you, guy. Yeah, thanks for calling. Now, we've also yeah. got Wayne, Wayne on the phone from Pranta. Wayne, are you there? Hello. Yeah, from Canada. You're from Canada, okay. I, I don't know what got up on the phone. It's an odd, odd word. It must be. A, <laughs> it says Pranta here, P-R-A-N-T-E. Yeah. Huh. Maybe anyway. they changed the name of the country and they didn't tell me. <laughs> um, the um, the one thing I was I was always curious about. Uh, I know you live in Canada. I'm just wondering what symbolism you see in the maple leaf. Oh well, the maple leaf's interesting. If you count if you count the points on it. Number one, it's, it's a dead leaf to begin with. A red one is a dead leaf, remember, and uh, for the flag. And remember, it's a fairly recent flag. It's a newish flag. Most folks mm-hmm. don't even know it. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, count the points up, and you'll get twelve. But if you count count the two point uh, the two points where the stem is, uh, you, you end up with actually you, you actually end up with thirteen altogether. Uh, mm. And and, it, and you've got the white there. Red and white were the colours of Egypt for the two parts of the crown of Egypt because sometimes you had two pharaohs one for the south, one for the north and you'd have a white hat or the red hat and when you had one pharaoh running both you had you had the combined tet as they called it and they, they put the, the red inside the white so it's a symbol of ancient pharaonic power that's what oh. it means it's also the symbol for revolution uh, so Canada is always so proud to lead cultural revolutions of all kinds because they have the, the, the poor folk to follow it who think they're fighting for something else and never realize the long-term agenda. And, and white always stands again for, for, right. for spirit or lumen, you know. Right. Um, you, and, and it's between two bars. The two red bars on the edges are bars. You've got, right. you got a dead leaf in between two bars. <laughs> uh-huh. Were you in Canada in the 60s? No. No, because uh, uh, in uh, 1967, that was the centennial year of Canada, right? The 100th birthday of, of Canada. Yeah. And what they did then was they made a stylized version of the maple leaf. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that. I could send it to you if you like. Sure. It, uh, it consisted of 11 triangles. Triangles, of course, look like pyramids. Mm-hmm. 11 triangles stacked together. And if you look at it, it looks almost identical to the Star of David, except for at the bottom where the stem is on the maple leaf. There's obviously no triangle there, but if you replace that with a triangle, it would make the perfect Star of David. Yes, if, if, if it's triangles and there's 11, <coughs> if you take the apexes of each one of them, you've got 33, you know, because mm. the sun always sets on yeah, the 33rd so degree. And, yeah. Right, and, and the Star of David is actually Masonic, too, isn't it? Sure, it's male-female intercourse generating power. That's what it means. Right. <laughs> so they were putting it in our face even then. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, I mean, look, look oh, at the oh, Parliament oh, building. Oh, yeah. The Parliament building is full of. It's a church. Look at it. It's a temple, and it's right. got, this, it's got yeah. the same and thing as we've got the one there in, in Winnipeg as well. The legislative buildings in Winnipeg are just totally Masonic. Absolutely. Which is where they just came out with the the, the throne speech, uh, talking about the North American uh, the, the the super corridor and and uh, North American ID uh, uh, driver licenses and so on. That's right. It's a yeah. done deal because we don't participate because we have a private council in Canada. It's called a privy council, mm-hmm. and all Commonwealth countries have a privy council that's composed of the upper cabinet. That's the ones chosen by the Royal Institute of International Affairs. 
and uh, major magnets in, in international corporations that, are, that remain unknown to the public. They make the, the, the real decisions for Canada. Yeah, I've always said I think that uh, democracy was the biggest joke uh, ever played on mankind, at least in the, in the 20th century. So. Well, yeah, and, and telling you you're all equal too, you know, yeah. and you have rights. That, that, that worked well though for a long time. We didn't have any revolutions for a while because it told us we had rights, and we believed it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now now they're simply telling us we don't. <laughs> okay, you have a good night, sir. And you too. Yeah. All right, bye-bye. Bye now. Yeah, you should look at all the government buildings in your countries. Uh, Big Ben, uh, Ben is an Egyptian word for the obelisk. They call them Ben-Bens. And uh, Ben-Ben was actually the, 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 the rose-colored one, so they called it Ben-Ben. A single Ben is simply the obelisk, which is the male phallus. And you walk into the main building, or just like a church, uh, through, through the, the, the bottom, the base of the phallus, into the box, the female. That's why you have those things together like that. And you look at the shapes of the windows, and you actually walk through a vagina. That's why the, sh- the, the door is, has a Norman arch on them, and because it's shaped like the vagina, that's intentional. And then you count the flutes around the vagina, because each one has a symbol in, in masonry. Uh, it's all highly Freemasonic. And it must always have a river flowing past it, because just like the George Washington Monument, yeah, it's got to reflect itself on the water, the water being the female, because she has no light of her own. This is according to Masons, they're very sexist. All you females in the Eastern Star, you're being conned there. And you can only ref- reflect the light of the male, like the moon reflects the light of the sun. You're all being used for an agenda which you don't even understand. But you take your payoffs. You take your little perks. And you, and you enjoy the status you're given in your community. But that's the world we live in. It's a world of illusion. It's a world of, run by very clever people. It's a, it's a society where the whole culture and everything you take for granted that's just evolving was planned a long, long time ago, including the end. The end, even though it's planned, doesn't have to be so. You have to change and become individuals again. Back to being individuals. I read a book before about the problems with individuality. It's a recent phenomenon. We're going to learn how to use it to handle it. And if it's sacred enough to hold on to, we will do something to, to keep it. From Hamish and myself up in Ontario, Canada, it's good night and may your God, all your gods, go with you.